1: The Calico Pony, Book One, Follow the Sun. And the author is Cheryl Price, and Cheryl joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Cheryl. Hello, Steve. Well, this is Book One of a great series for children, and there's fifteen of them all together, everyone, so this is going to be quite a journey for kids and adults. As Cheryl has said, she wants to talk about reality, but at the same time she wants to allow children, and even adults, to use their imagination. I want to read, Cheryl, just a couple things about your stories. Uh, You say, The Calico Pony, Book One, Follow the Sun, is a story about a seven-year-old girl, Carol Johnson, and her dream pony, Algonquin. In the story, the two explore other worlds, And Carol learns how important dreams are as they shape her view of life. Well, that sounds like some great themes. What prompted you to do all this?
2: Well, I had dreams when I was a child of uh, uh, what I wanted to accomplish in life. And they were encouraged through reading children's books. So I wanted to be able to create something along the line of fairy tales and stories that I had read as a child, and I wanted to modernize it and uh, bring it to bear uh, on the times for today.
1: And the colorful illustrations are just beautiful.
2: Thank you. The uh, credit goes to Stephen Adams for the, those illustrations.
1: Well, Stephen did a great job and captured your vision very well. Uh, they really add a lot to the story.
2: Yes, I think they do.
1: Now, we're talking about a family here. Uh, tell us about this family uh, and those who play an important part in Carol Johnson's life, this seven-year-old
2: girl. Okay, they're. Um, it's an extended family. They're. Um, you don't see too much of the other characters, but you will see them later on. There's a mother, a father, uh, Carol's brother, um, a grandfather, and a grandmother. And the grandmother is the one that gives the pony to Carol. Uh, Carol has no idea that the pony is a dream pony. And when she goes to sleep at night, the pony becomes real and takes her all over the world.
1: Well, tell us about Calico. Uh, Describe Calico so we can kind of get a picture in our minds.
2: Well, uh, his name is Algonquin, and I uh, chose the name from um, President uh, Theodore Roosevelt's pony that lived in the White House uh, a century ago. And um, I wanted the pony to be able to... uh, relate to the past and to the present he is a colorful pony white mane white uh, tail um, all that you could imagine in a dream Um, a lot of color um, real calico is brown black and white but this pony uh, has um, the colors of um, that would uh, appeal to anybody
1: So does the pony in the dreams, kind of the the colors, change from his normal colors?
2: Well, uh, the colors that um, she first sees, it's first a cotton pony, but uh, it uh, becomes more vibrant and more colorful uh, in the dreams that she has. And she's never quite sure if she's awake during these travels that she undertakes or asleep. Well, she
1: goes to Japan, the land of the rising sun. Why Japan?
2: Well, the theme uh, of the book is Follow the Sun. And uh, so uh, all through the story, there is some uh, relationship to the sun. Japan is the land of the rising sun. And um, the way they uh, got the name for uh, Japan Was in olden times they thought that uh, theirs was the land where the first sun rose and um, so that's the uh, parallel, that's the relationship and there's other relationships in the book to the theme of the sun
3: Now
1: you also take Carol uh, back in time Mm -hmm. Algonquin takes Carol back in time back into the 1600s Yes Tell us about that
2: well, um, I wanted her to meet the Sun King, Louis the Fourteenth of France, but I also wanted her to, when she goes back in time, I wanted her to see that what a person does influences others. And what, while Louis the Fourteenth of France accomplished a great deal, his actions also influenced those around him. In fact, I was just in. Um, um, Europe and uh, a king that lived um, a couple of hundred years later was influenced by Louis XIV. So it's, uh, he had a vast influence, and you can see that influence today uh, at the Palace of Versailles.
1: And you take us to Alaska. I guess you can say that is the land of the eternal sun, or sometimes there's no sun at
2: all. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Although sometimes people think uh well that's, that's the only uh land of the midnight sun. The actual uh there's several lands um up in that area that uh, refer to themselves as uh the land of the midnight sun. But Alaska I chose because I wanted her to see the beauty of nature. And um there's uh, There's a wilderness up there. There's a different climate than what she knows about. So uh, all of the places she travels to, there's something different for her, something different either in the land, the culture, or the people.
1: And she learns from the dream pony that she can go anywhere her dreams desire.
2: Right, right. She uh, learns many lessons from the uh, dream pony, but this is the first one, and that is actually the most important one because the uh, dreams that you have as a child can take you almost anywhere, and you have to realize that it's important to have those dreams.
1: You say that this story is different than other children's books because it reflects a new version of the older fairy tales in a modern setting. Now, explain what you mean by that.
2: Well, the uh, location for uh, the story begins in a small town um, outside Chicago. It's a, a fictionalized version of the town where I grew up. Um, but the uh, fairy tales that we think of as Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty, or uh, they have a moral to the stories. And there is somewhat of a moral to these, this story and this series. But it's set in a time where it's not princes and kings and um, royalty and uh, knights and that. It's set in a modern setting where there's real people, real neighbors, real friends. And those will come out later in the series.
1: And obviously it gives children a chance to learn about other places, times, and cultures. And that is that a theme that's going to go throughout your 15 books?
2: Yes. Yes, the next one is, um, is taken um, from my childhood, um, and that's... Um, uh, when I had to learn the piano, I was told I had to learn the piano. Well, Cheryl not too pleased to be told this, but when she learns the importance of music, she has a different uh, take on the whole situation. But that's for book two.
1: Well, and I bet you became a very good pianist. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> like the piano. <laughs> you didn't
2: like the piano. <laughs> but I came back to it later. Oh, well, uh, good for you. And I, um, I began to appreciate it much more. My mother wrote music, too. She never really had it published, but we used to listen to uh, her playing the piano. Um, I have two brothers and myself, uh, and we always listened to her playing the piano.
1: You write also, as Carol and Algonquin's relationship grows, they will see both good and bad in people, but Carol will always be stronger and a better person from what she learns from the adventures.
2: Right. She's, she's going to grow up a very positive person, but those informative years of 7 to 11 are very important. Um, when I was growing up, I had a family that supported me, uh, mentors. Uh, I went to a special school because I had vision problems. But uh, I didn't look upon the vision problems as a handicap. I looked as it at it as a problem to be solved. And that's what I want Carol to do uh, as she is growing up um, in this small uh, town outside Chicago
1: the calico pony book one follow the sun tell us cheryl how to get your book
2: well you can get it through amazon uh, author house uh, barnes and noble it's available online Um, uh, it's it's easy to get hold of all you have to go uh, to is one of those uh, online services and uh, order the book
1: and book two what will be the title for book two Feel the beat. Feel the beat. Well, we appreciate you so much of sharing your story with us. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. That was Cheryl Price. She is the author of this children's book, The Calico Pony, Book 1, Follow the Sun.
0: You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages. Hey, you live in the dream like Nina and Cindy? Were you shocked by the Chuck E. Cheese calamities, diaper dilemmas, and major mom minivan mishaps? Then get ready to share it with Living the Dream Moms with Nina Fry and Cindy Schmitzer, Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on TogiNet. And as Nina and Cindy say, if you're thinking it, we're saying it. It's your chance to discuss, share, and learn from two moms who have been there, done that, and got the t-shirts. Check out their website, ltdchix.com. Living the Dream Moms is all about all things moms have to deal with daily. Nina and Cindy are two ordinary frazzled moms who admit when they need help and do their best to research and discuss topics that are not always talked about. Living the Dream Moms are just two real women who are discussing the trials and tribulations and triumphs of everyday mom lives. You are not alone. It's Living the Dream Moms with Nina Fry and Cindy Schmitzer. Thursday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbury, Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by Authorhouse. Helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world.
1: The title of the book, Jack and the Powerful Seven: The Secret Strength from Within. And the author is Trina C. Breyer, and Trina joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Trina. Hi, how are you? Well, it's good to have you with us. A very fascinating fiction, great for kids, great for adults. Let me read what you have written about your book. You say this, finally, a book that is filled with fantasy, adventure, unique characters, and an amazing storyline, history, and the power of forgiveness, and the belief that anything is possible if we just believe. I introduce you to Jack and the Powerful Seven, The Secret Strength from Within. Why did you write this, Trina? What prompted you... It's a big job to publish a book.
4: Yes. What prompted me to write this book was a few years ago I had been hearing stories about people reading stories that they really couldn't connect with. You know, they say it was, it was filled with this but wasn't filled with enough adventure. wasn't filled with enough uh, real-life uh, stories to, to teach their children. And from there I challenged myself to create something that was so great that I would be able to share it with the world. And that's where it took me three years. To, to come up with the plot, to come up with the characters, to make it so that the book would be able to affect lives in, in a positive way. And that's how I came to, uh, um, to create the storyline. I just wanted something really great that people would be proud of, that people could relate to, all people, boys and girls, uh, men and women. Um, that's, that was my main goal.
1: Well, you created a place called Dream Mecca, right?
4: Yes, Drameka, that's what it's Drameca. called. And in Drameka, anything is possible. Anything you even think or believe, anything is possible. It's whatever is going on um, in your mind. Whatever you can, if you can think it, you can have it in the world of Drameka. Of
1: course, in the word Drameka is the word dream.
4: You got it, yes, <laughs> absolutely.
1: So that's what you want readers to really get from your book, that uh, if we believe, anything is possible.
4: Absolutely no matter what it is, no matter what it is, and no matter how, um, you know, if you've heard negative things or people say that you can't, just know that there's no such thing as can't, that you can, that you can do it, and that you can be whatever it is that you want to be, no matter what.
1: Well, in this world called Jamaica, there's also a town called Elirik, and Elleric is just outside of Doomsburg. Why, yes. why these two strange-sounding uh, cities? <laughs>
4: okay, well, the city of Doomsburg... There's a mystical phenomenon that occurs, a mystical cloud that occurs in, in Dremec, I mean, in uh, Doomsburg, and from that, that causes a lot of um, families to move out of the city and move more into the suburbs. And one of the suburbs, one of the small towns, happens to be Ellerick. And from there, three friends become three three little boys meet and become friends in that small town from moving from uh, Doomsburg. The, uh, uh, the, the world known as Jamaica, that's actually uh, a world that's created inside of the sculptures that are inside of the museum. Uh, the Great Museum is what it's called. And that's actually a world inside of the Great Museum. That when you touch one of the uh, um, sculptures, it sucks you into the world in which it was created. And in that particular sculpture that um, some of the characters touch, it takes them to the world of Jamaica.
1: What age would you say will enjoy this the most, what
0: age group?
4: 100 percent, 10 years, 10-year-olds uh, and up, 10-year-olds and, and adults, so many school teachers and librarians and just so many have, once they started reading reading the book, they could not stop. And that's from so many people have come back to me and, and explained that to me, and they've absolutely enjoyed it. And they, they couldn't believe, they was like, oh, my, you know, they kept telling me, "I never knew that you had such a um, a creative imagination," you know. And they said, "Where did this come from?" And I and I continued to explain to them that it did not happen overnight. That a lot of the thoughts didn't come at once. That it was actually um, a lot of times I would get writer's block and I couldn't think, and I would just relax and just and just like I said, just just believe and just pray that that thoughts would come, that so that I could make the book something that I could share with the world. And so that's what I've. Um, and that's what I ended up uh, doing. So very, very, very excited. When it was finally done, when it was finally published, and I had a finished product in my hand, I was just in awe. Like, total shock, because I knew what I went through to, to get it together, to, 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 to make it uh, something real.
1: Well, let's highlight some of the characters of, I guess the hero is Jack Bean.
4: Yes, Jack Bing, that's the father. Now, Jack Bing, he experiences something very traumatic in his childhood, something that uh, um, quite a few children may have um, experienced you know, or, or adults may have experienced in their childhood. Um, and, and what he went through, which I can't reveal, I can't wait till you guys read it, um, but what he goes through is enough to make you go either the wrong way or the right way, to choose the wrong path or the, or the right path. Um, but it was dealing with issues of abandonment, basically, and it was he was very devastated. But through the way that I, wrote, I write the storyline, I, I try to express to people that no matter what happens in your childhood, no matter what happens in your life, you have that power to change it around and not make it um, be something negative, but something positive. That you can really just turn it around. Making uh, my, my, my saying is making lemonade out of lemons.
1: That's always you know, no so- matter what. It's always so easy to say, well, I grew up in this really tough neighborhood or I had all these problems in my family, and what do you expect of me?
4: Yes, yes. And I'm, I'm here to, to tell them that, that your, your past does not have to define your future, and that's like the main goal in this book that I want people to get. Your past does not have to define your future. You can have, a totally, you can have an amazing future if you let go. Uh, learn, learn the power of forgiveness. That, I'm really big on the power of forgiveness because it's not easy. For people to forgive when they've been wronged or felt as though they've been wronged but once you forgive you unleash and you allow those blessings and those those miracles to just flow into your life once you truly forgive and let it go
1: well jack is the father of seven children tell us about his wife mercy
4: oh mercy is an absolutely beautiful woman and her name says it all she has been oh wow for some, some readers may get mad at mercy and tell her, will you please stand up for yourself? But that's not mercy's job. Mercy gives mercy to those who she feels the way she perceives things. When people wrong her or do mean things to her, she sees it as something that they're hurting for something they're hurting. And that's why they're trying to hurt others because they're in pain about something in their life. So, a lot of, during the story, her children want to take up for her. Jack, her husband, wants to take up for because she has an evil, wicked sister named Pigadamus. And, oh, Pigadamus, once you, you guys read the story, you guys are going to want to, I don't know, uh, uh, give Pigadamus a good talking to. But my, my goal is to show that despite how people do you, You don't have to give that in return. You don't have to give them what they they give you. You don't have to do that Um, because a lot of times when people are being mean or evil or jealous or envy, it's something that's going on within them, and it's actually nothing, has nothing to do with you. So that's Mercy. So Mercy is an amazing mother that loves her children. She tries to teach her children her beliefs. But, like I said, by them being children, a lot of times you don't understand that forgiveness crap and that's what a lot of the children are going to deal with. They're, they're getting tired of getting beat up on, trying to be the bigger person, trying to turn the other cheek.
1: Now there's another character that you'll love to hate.
4: Betty Evilly.
1: Tell us about Betty.
4: Betty Evilly, oh, <laughs> Betty Evilly is an adopted, uh, she was adopted by the mayor of the town of uh, Elleric, and she gets away with murder. Her parents um, lost a child uh, years um over to like 20 years ago. So when they adopted her, they just literally, they just want to give her the world and, and, and just love her. And in the meantime, they're actually hurting her because she's just, I mean, she has no respect for anybody. Um, her father is the mayor, so who's going to do anything to her? So she's just like the biggest bully. She's awful to the oldest child in the Bing's family, which is, um, which is Mia. So <clears throat> she's very mean to her, uh, has her, 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 her her gang beat up on on Maya and Amina, and and it's just off she's absolutely awful and she doesn't care about anyone's feelings. She will disrespect adults, whoever. In her in her mind, Betty in Betty Evilly's mind, she rules the world.
1: Now one of the seven children is one of your favorites.
4: Wow. You know what? I would have to say Hallie. Tally is uh, actually definitely one of my favorites. Tally, she's very intelligent. Um, she's such a girly girl, which I, I must admit I am as well. Um, and and she, one of her secret powers powers is she has the power to look at something, and no matter what it is, and turn it into whatever she wants it to be. But the, here, the the only catch is it only lasts for an hour. So whatever it is, she has to enjoy it for that hour because after that it goes it turns back to its original form, and she's also the brains of the whole operation. Whenever the beings want to figure out how, the being kids want to figure out what to do and how to rescue, uh, they, go to, they go to Hallie for her, uh, so, that, so that she can uh, devise a plan, to get a plan together uh, to get things going. So I really, really, really like Hallie. I love all of the children, but Hallie has to be probably my one of my favorites.
1: And then there's three other characters. Uh, Their names are very interesting. Uh, Of course, I love Zorp, (laughs) Z-O-R-P. Growing up with a name like Zorp, that's got to cause you a lot of problems.
4: (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, Zorp, wow, Zorp is actually in the world of Jamaica. He's in the world that's inside of the sculpture. And Zorp, um, wow, Zorp is a good guy. He's a good, um, actually, he's a creature is actually what he is. And he's a very good creature if you will but uh circumstances circumstances have torn him away from his family and have caused him to make decisions that he wouldn't he didn't want to have to make but he was being forced into it but in the end everything surprises us on uh the decisions he finally uh attempts to make but yeah, Zorp uh reasonum he's a very good uh very good guy he's um actually king logicum and reasonum um were the rulers of Jamaica. Uh, Logicum ruled the East and Reasonum ruled the West. And uh, Logicum actually wanted to uh, basically, like, take over all of Jamaica. And in the book, I'll explain why he wanted to take over everything. But the, the battle between the 2 it, it truly will leave you speechless, the battle things between them all will absolutely leave you speaking.
1: So you have some strange creatures and some very different characters.
4: Absolutely.
1: Any other strange creatures besides Zorp? Um, besides Zorp, we have the
4: um, eaglets. The Those are the uh, eaglets the are actually in the world of, 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 uh, of Doomsburg. And they actually are, are creatures that uh, emerge from the, uh, the infamous green cloud the egoists, And those are those those these little blood sucking negative creatures.
1: Um <laughs> Oh, they sound delightful.
4: Yeah. <laughs> that that make good people bad. Ah. That's their job. Their job is to if you're a good person, their job is to eat away at you until you're mean and envious and jealous and, and then its job is done and then it goes on to the next victim. So the key is to how can you kill these egoists? How can you destroy them once and for all and I have the answer. It's also in the book. Um also the broids. The broids are the last of the final set of different um creatures that I have in there. And the uh no I'm sorry. They're also broids and gorbs I'm sorry. The broids, when you get into the storyline, you'll see how they emerge. And it's really it's it's different, it's sad, it's it's very emotional how the boys became about, and like I guess I don't want to ruin that for you, um, but they're very, very interesting creatures that have also made a life for themselves in Jamaica. Um, and then the Gorbs, the Gorbs used to be one creature, one set of, uh, one, one type of mammal, I'm sorry, and after being poisoned, um, they became Gorbs, which are blood-sucking uh, creatures, again, that you don't want to get bit by them. You don't want to get bit by them.
1: And if you see a green cloud hovering over your house or over a public school system, I guess you better run.
2: You better run. <laughs> <laughs> you better you, run.
1: You might <laughs> find yourself in Dremeka.
4: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So And that's why, I, like I said, I'm so excited because I wanted to, to give readers something that they've never heard of before, and that's why the, the characters are all unique, um, and that's why I was so happy when you said a lot of these strange names that just made me light up over here because that's what I wanted. Some names that we haven't heard of, a storyline that we, you know, a new twist to, a, to maybe an old story, you know. I, I just really wanted to give the readers something. I wanted to take them on a mental journey is what I call it.
3: Well,
1: Trina, tell us how to get your book.
4: Uh, Well, my book is available on uh, authorhouse.com. It's also available at Barnes & Nobles. It's also available at Amazon.com, BookBeat, uh, uh, Baker & Taylor. My book is all over. If you happen to, like, Google the name uh, Jack and the Powerful Seven to see what you're from within or Google my name, you'll see the uh, hundreds of places that are carrying my book and I'm just so thankful and grateful for that. Um, a lot of people totally enjoyed my book when I went to the uh, book signing in California this year. It was a huge success there. Uh, it was also a huge success uh, when I had my very first book signing here in Michigan at the Barnes and & Nobles. And I'm just so excited and just so thankful for the uh, positive feedback that I've gotten from it. Um, just, I mean, I couldn't have asked for anything more. And, um, again, I'm also excited about the uh, I have another book signing coming up, uh, actually July 3rd in Chicago. Um, from two to three and I can't wait so I'm just so excited Um, I love it when the children come up to me and um, just explain to me how much they love the book and ask me their questions I just I love I love it when they light up you know uh, about the characters and wanting to know more and wanting to know when part two is going to come out It it just it brings me so much joy
1: part two when is it going to come out
4: Part two will be out later next year, later on next year, because I've already, it won't take me three years like it took the first, because a lot of the characters are already in place. And so now for part two, once you guys read part, book one, the mystery is going to be, how am I going to merge the two worlds? And that's all I'm going to tell you. How am I going to merge the two worlds?
1: Well, congratulations, very Trina. Interesting. Thank,
4: thank you so very much. And
1: thanks for being on Author Talk.
4: Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you so
1: much. That was Trina C. Breyer. She is the author of her book, Jack and the Powerful Seven, The Secret Strength from Within.
0: You're listening to Author Talk. We'll be back right after these messages.
3: People think I've made it. I'm popular. I seem happy all the time. I have great clothes, and I'm involved in everything. But I have questions, doubts, and fears, just like every other teenager. That's why I'm glad for Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices.
0: Join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central, on toginet.com.
3: The choices we have to make that can alter the course of our lives. Life is too much pressure if we try to go it alone. I tune into Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell every week to get reminded that I'm not alone. Nicole O'Dell is an expert on what happens in the lives of teenagers. Join her as she deals with topics like peer pressure, purity, drugs, alcohol, and many other things that might come up along the way. She writes books and speaks to people all over the place, but she says her favorite moments are when she can pull up a chair and chat with teens about what's important to us.
0: For more information on Nicole and her books, go to NicoleO'Dell.com. Then join us for Teen Talk Radio with Nicole O'Dell, Thursday nights at 10, 9 central, on toginet.com.
3: Teen Talk Radio, where it's all about choices. The American
2: Rock and Roll Countdown with Alex Prime.
0: Welcome back to Author Talk, brought to you by AuthorHouse, helping authors publish, promote, and sell their books around the world.
1: The title of the book: Marvin Discovers Snow, and the author is Catherine Kessler. And Catherine joins us now on Author Talk. Hello, Catherine.
5: Hello, Steve. How are you today?
1: Well, it sounds like Marvin is going to discover a lot. Uh, you have a series of children's books in mind, but r- this one is Marvin Discovers Snow. Why did you start with Marvin Discovering Snow?
5: Well, Steve, I started with Marvin discovers Snow because literally my puppy named Marvin discovered snow one day. <laughs> <laughs> his very first snowfall he sat on my bed looking out the bedroom window wondering what those flakes were floating down from the sky
1: so marvin is real
5: marvin is a real character yes he is the highlight of the family right now my husband and i have two children that are grown and out of the house and he has uh kind of taken over
1: <laughs> like they usually do right
5: yes they do <laughs>
1: So Jane in the book is Marvin's owner, and Jane is all excited, like you were, to take Marvin out and show him snow for the first time.
5: Yes. Yeah, she goes out with Marvin and discovers what snow feels like, tastes like, um, why it's cold, what it can do, all that kind of fun stuff that a person can do with snow.
1: What is the motivation, Catherine, to uh, write a series of children's books?
5: What is my motivation? Um, well, all my life I have, you know, had a lot of pets. I've raised a lot of dogs and cats. And I've always made little stories to go along with them just by what they do, all that kind of stuff. And I entertained my children by doing that as well as they were growing. And that day that Marvin sat on my bed and watched the snow You know, I sat there with him for 20 minutes, and I thought up the story, and I suddenly realized, wow, this could be something special. This could be something that I can share with not just my family, but with everybody, with all the children in the world that enjoy exploring their imagination and discovering their world.
1: And your book is also full of bright, colorful, and interactive illustrations.
5: Yes, Yes, they are. I have a wonderful illustrator. His name is Toby Mickle. He uh, totally got on board with my idea, and he just ran with it, and he's done a wonderful job.
1: Now, this is the beginning of a series of stories, and you like to base your stories on realistic, real-life adventures.
5: Yes, I do. Um, Like I said, Marvin is quite the character. He loves to discover things. Um when we go outside and play with his older brother, uh Ibu, we just he just, you know, kind of lends himself to the story. lends to himself more or less to my imagination and we just fly with it. It's his real real discoveries.
1: And the highlight of your book is when Marvin helps Jane build a snowman.
5: Yes it is. Yeah, he um yeah the day that we built our snowman together he was right in there checking out the balls that we were making and helping out and just you know really interested in what we were doing with the snow
1: and i uh, when i was first going through the book and you talk about snowflakes and of course you know big ones little ones round ones and diamonds and the mm-hmm. pictures of the snowflakes were just beautiful
5: Yes, didn't Toby do a fine job on that? <laughs> great job,
1: great job. <laughs> yes. It really drew me yeah. right in. Yeah, it was uh, very creative.
5: Yes, no, he did a great job. He was right into the story with me. That's I couldn't have got. I found a better guy.
1: <laughs> and of course, children's stories bring parents and children together.
5: Yes, that's that is my goal with this series of children's books. I am um, really. Um, you know, wanting the parents and the children to connect on such a level that they can discover their children's world together with their child. Um, That You know, just a few minutes spent with them today can create a lifetime of memories tomorrow. And I also wanted to take the parents back to when they were kids and discovering when they were discovering their world to remember what it was like and to maybe share a little bit of that with their child as well.
1: What are some of the other adventures that Marvin will be going on?
5: Well, Marvin's going to discover a beach. He's going to discover a farm. He's going to discover Christmas. Um, we've got, he's going to discover some friends. And uh, his big brother is going to be in a couple of the books with him. And, yeah, we've got lots. He's going to discover camping. Basically everything that my family loves to do, Marvin's going to discover. <laughs>
1: Well, that's just fantastic. There's always a place for another great children's story, and this one is a great story.
5: Well, thank you. I also want to let to let people know that me being a new author and everything, and the journey that I've gone through, I'm willing and able to share my experience with any new up and coming authors. Um, I'd love to meet them, get to know them, and you know, share in their experience, help them out as much as, much as I can. It was just an experience I wanted to be able to help others with as well.
1: Tell us how to get your book, Catherine.
5: Well, you cer- certainly can get my book on Marvin's website. It's called marvindiscovers.com. And on there you can order your, uh, your personally autographed book through me. I will get your order. I will autograph it. There is a place on the website where you can specify how you want it you know, autographed, who you want it autographed to. Also, you can get it at authorhouse.com or Barnes & Noble and, I believe, amazon.ca.
1: Well, thank you very much for sharing your story with us on this edition of Author Talk.
5: Thank you very much, Steve. I've really enjoyed this experience.
1: That was Katherine Kessler. She is the author of her book, her children's book, Marvin Discovers Snow.